Does everybody know what time it is? Time to put away the differences with your siblings like a folded up pair of socks. Oh, that's a really sweet way to think of things. It's grunt work. such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, oh no, because they spent all their time listening to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that's made with real New England clams. I'm your host, Truman, the Sister Act Man Caps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon, the Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit Man Solano. (laughs) Uh, Personally, I think that is one of the best sequel titles of all time. (laughs) It's not Too Fast, Too Sister Act, though, or Too Sisters, Too Act, I suppose is probably the best one. Uh, I, I don't know. I've always been partial to Electric Boogaloo, or actually also just throwing Tokyo Drift on the end of a Yeah, that's name. always a good one, too, yeah. Yeah. But I just think in, in terms of the actual, like, you know, you can always throw Electric Boogaloo onto any sequel. You can always throw <laughs> Tokyo Drift onto things. But in terms of, like, an actual movie that exists, yeah. Back in the Habit is just such a perfect pun and wordplay for what it is i i love it i will say it's excellent wordplay i will also say you can't throw electric boogaloo onto onto just about it like it doesn't work on anything because what if you're making the sequel to uh the movie witness which is about the amish their boogaloos are not electric their their boogaloos <laughs> See, are that's where the conflict of the movie comes in <laughs> So, wait, the woman wants to get an electric boogaloo for the village, yes. but Harrison Ford is like, no, you have to stay true to the old ways. Actually, Harrison Ford isn't Amish. He'd be the one who wants an electric boogaloo. <laughs> exactly. Does Harrison Ford and that woman, do they do they get together at the end of the movie, or is it just like they have that one kiss in the rain? I think and then... it, I, I think it's just, it's, you know, because the subject matter that, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. um, I do think that they were kind of respectful of the, the subject matter of that movie, and, sure. you know, they just had the obligatory romantic kiss. I don't yeah. think that the through line was too much of a imposition you know the romantic through line yeah okay so so basically harrison ford gets back into his electric boogaloo and, and goes back <laughs> to philadelphia to continue being a cop uh yes exactly okay so minor spoilers for the end of witness um <laughs> again i think that like i think it's fairly you walk into the movie witness you don't expect harrison ford is gonna die in the end yeah, yeah yeah um harrison ford just uh had a birthday he's like in his 70s at some point now and yet somehow still looks better than either of us how does that work well which you know what that means though now that he's in his 70s what does that mean that he belongs in in a a museum museum. and that's the end of the harrison ford bit uh it's good to see and scene (laughs) it's good to see it's good to see you too uh landon i have to say this episode of home improvement that we watched today yes we did that very sibling oriented and is. this is one of the only childiest podcasts there are <laughs> like not only are 100 yeah. percent of the hosts only children but also one of our regular guests is also an only child uh, mm. sam so really i mean it's just like we are a we are not well qualified to talk about all the sibling rivalries in this bitch but, <laughs> but we're going to anyway. it gives us a unique perspective i think we we have a, an interesting take on it uh i used to have a stand-up joke yeah uh, back on the days of doing stand-up yeah um, i'm not going to go through the joke because <laughs> what's the deal with the show joey it's <laughs> so bad uh i'm not gonna go through the 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 joke because this isn't a stage but the all the world's a stage the the point of the joke was like um people used to ask me maybe you have this actually same experience uh do you enjoy being an only child and my whole the whole conceit of the joke was 
well, I don't have anything to compare it to. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be a sibling. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I can't answer the question. Um, I always found that kind of irritating. It's a question that I get often when people find out I'm an only child and I just doesn't make any sense do you enjoy being a sibling i mean uh, yeah. how do you answer that question i don't well, i mean i feel like you kind of have to say yes like if you say no i hate being a sibling then you're you're inadvert yeah like you're dunking on some other person <laughs> maybe multiple other people yeah i like i get that question i guess i guess you do get that question from time to time but i was just immediately answer oh hell yeah yes absolutely. <laughs> like I don't, I don't even i don't even bother to think give it the thought that you do and then well i can't really answer honestly i'm just like nope i'm selfish as fuck i love being alone this is all yeah, but- all my I, there can't be a, a clear cut and dry answer to that. I mean, the the yes, I fucking love being an only child uh, to me applies to the strife that comes with being a sibling in your youth. But when you're an adult, you know, I'm not going to say this is true of everybody, but a lot of people, you know, become friends and, uh, you know, have camaraderie with their siblings. Uh, and it becomes, you know, I've experienced at a point now where I'm like, you know what? This, being an only child, going through parent stuff as they get older is... I would like to have somebody to pass the baton to from time to time. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, I guess. That would be a good one. I, the the thing that I do whenever I think about that stuff is I just very quickly start thinking about something different. That's sort of the confluence. <laughs> that's sort of the confluence of already my, like, just from dealing with my grandparents, like, yeah. the fears of, of dealing with uh, aged people and right. watching people you love drift away. And then also, like, the compounding that fear, the fear of it happening to my parents, then compounding that, having to think about my parents dying. It's one of those things where it's just like, I'm Nope, that's just not a problem. They're going to live forever. They're like the elves in Lord of the Rings. They're just a couple of Tom Bombadils oh, out there. Man. So I'm, yeah. Um, well, look, I have a strong instinct that this is going to be... Is it a basic a, instinct? A very, I would call it a primal instinct. Ooh, okay. Which is more of a video game than a, a smutty TV movie. Uh, basic it TV. No, it was a Paul Verhoeven movie. Yeah. No, but it was, it was very it was a, smutty. It was very smutty, yeah. Um... The, the this is going to be a very tangenty episode. It's a tangenterine dream. No, nope, no, nope, <laughs> just, just gonna gonna edit that stricken from the record. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I want to start with a tangent. Okay, start. Which is uh, we have some additions to Tool Time Corner. Oh yes. Uh, I'm gonna let you start because you surprised me with this before the mic started. Uh, yeah, I did. I should have given you this gift on the air because there's we get so many letters about how people love it when I give Landon gifts. Um, so I got uh, Landon. His birthday was recently, and in in true Truman Caps fashion, I waited eh, about two weeks after his birthday <laughs> to give him uh, the gift, which is a lovely print of uh, Wilson behind the fence, an original art print by Left Sock Designs. They are a, uh, well, actually, is it designs or just design? Left Sock Design, it's an Etsy store uh, that uh, does cool paintings yeah. and stuff of uh, of characters from shows. They also do sock-oriented things. But yeah, it's a picture of Wilson, because he's our god. Yeah. I, I, and your god, too. <laughs> uh, I like it quite a bit, uh, and it's going into Tool Time Corner now until I get a frame for it, and then it will go um, on the wall of Tool Time Corner. So... Uh, I'm going to put this right, right there, right where it needs to be. Going to unfortunately cover a little bit of the license plate. Well, you know, we got. The, I've been looking at that license plate for a long time. I'm getting kind of sick of reading 2L time over and over again. <laughs> I forget. Yeah, because you're the one that faces Tool Time Corner all the time. So. I'm, I'm sick of all this. Al Borland being sexy. Godzilla. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. No longer framed because Godzilla knocked it down. <laughs> um, 
But I have another addition to Tool Time Corner. Okay. Uh, I had to dig in the recesses of my closet uh, into boxes of books that I had. Oh, dear. Uh, but I found it. Okay. I finally, I blew off the dust and made me go through a sneezing fit. Uh, <laughs> you sacrificed for this. But I found it. Yeah. Samuel Beckett. Well, oh, waiting for Godot. <laughs> <laughs> have you dog-eared all the good pozzo so this is for all of our asmr listeners all right i hope that you're enjoying listening to our <laughs> podcast right now uh i'm gonna put it right next to um what uh, uh great expectations uh no wait david copperfield david right. copperfield i'm sorry right the one i didn't like uh, <laughs> uh great. there you go so now waiting for godot sits Next to Charles Dickens and Robert Bly. And Pamela Anderson. Well, no, they're on the far end of the bookshelf. Oh, we got to keep them separate. Yeah. You know how Robert Bly gets. <laughs> actually, well, we're, okay, actually okay. finish this tangent before no, I go on right. it's, it's done. We have two editions to Tool Time Corner this week. Wonderful editions, both of them. Yeah. Thank you, Truman. And thank you, Landon, for, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. finding things. Thank you, Samuel Beckett, for writing a great existential play. And thank you, Robert Bly, for writing Iron John, b specifically because, um, well, listen, folks, let me uh -oh. turn my chair around. Some of you may, something that not many people know about me, actually, is that I am a little bit of a fan of a TV series called Cheers. It's oh, a show about I've a bar uh, where, where lots of people know your name. Uh, there was an episode uh, from season 10. I am, I am up to my balls in, no, I'm well beyond my balls. I'm up to my neck in Cheers right now. Oh, wow. I am fully submerged. Is it well? The older you get, I mean, your balls yeah. can rise with the water to your neck, or they, or they, or they drop further and further. Like if you're dipping your toe in, you're dipping your balls. Gross. Yeah. So, uh, but there's an episode in season ten called "Get Your Kicks on Route 666." It's an episode where Frazier uh, uh, wants to unleash his inner hairy man, as he describes it, Ooh. by taking a cross country road trip I don't with, know why with give that the up. bros. Ooh, Ooh Frazier, inner well, hairy man. He is a hairy man. I mean, you, as we see when he is sure. Well, you just watched a whole lot of Frasier. Yes. You, you know more about Kelsey Grammer's body than anyone wants to. But, uh, <laughs> and, except someone who's seen that picture of him eating pasta naked. So, anyway, <laughs> this episode of, of, of Cheers. Frasier wants to drive across the country on a road yeah. trip with men to be with men and have masculine times and masculine experiences, which already, like, he and Lilith are talking about it and, you know, caveman energy and things like that. And I'm thinking, oh, this is very Tim-esque. Yeah. Like, this is very, very much that sort of thing. So, uh, long story short, Frasier, Norm, Sam, and uh, to, much to their chagrin, Cliff, yeah. who invites himself along, go on this road trip. They're driving to California. They want to go see Disneyland. Uh, along the way, uh, in the car, in the first segment of them in the car, uh, Frasier is reading a book in the back seat. Norm asks him what he's reading. He says, oh, well, I'm reading a book called Iron John by Robert Bly. Really? And it's yeah. No, he's legit. He, and he explains, basically, the premise of Iron John, a.k.a. the premise of home improvement, is explained on an episode of Cheers by Frasier. Whoa, that is mind-blowing. Get your kicks on Route 666. I will tell you, with full honesty, not a great Cheers episode. Not that good. <laughs> I mean, still like leaps but and bounds. personal interest. Yeah, personal yeah. yeah, if you want to see... The closest that we've ever really gotten to a Cheers Frasier Home Improvement crossover, I would yeah. say this episode of Cheers there, is it. There is actually an episode in season ten of Frasier, yeah. where he doesn't mention Iron John or you know Robert Bly anything like that, but um, they revisit this idea of um, male initiation and mm -hmm. how Niles and Frasier kind of missed out on it. And <laughs> Did they trying now? to you know? It sounds like they're rehashing the same themes of that uh, Cheers episode. Yeah, uh, it wasn't much of a memorable episode, but I do. 
seem to recall that uh, he goes through a thing of like trying to find the the inner um, anima, mm. if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not to be. <laughs> Confused with the inner enema. Um, <laughs> well, you want those inside, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he talks right. about like trying to get the the primal scream, the primal grunt out. Mm-hmm. So Fraser is talking about Tim Allen's bit oh at a certain God. point. It's uh, I think these are these grounds are more ripe for uh, something to come from them than oh, we think. Just just plant a big a big fertile tree that has mm-hmm. one side is blooming with Tim, one side is blooming with Fraser. Yeah. It's a gross body horror little shop of horror <laughs> situation. Uh, yeah, so that was my that was my tangent that was related to the book that you mentioned. I I like it. Yeah. That, I, I don't. I, I have many other tangents later down the line, but I think we should get to okay. get into this episode. Let's. Well, then let's 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 just just smash the door down and uh, with a chainsaw Ooh. and uh, chase you, all the campers inside. Wouldn't, why wouldn't you just you know uh, saw the door down? Why would you take no. a chainsaw to smash it? I'm Seems using like there are more efficient smashing items to use. Well, you see, Landon, I've added more smashing power <laughs> to the Binford 6800 chainsaw, and I put a big battery <laughs> no, ram had, like, onto the back. Automatic mallet on top of it. it yeah, but it's a Rube Goldberg chainsaw. <laughs> saw at this point uh, oh my goodness okay so yes home improvement correct a tv series yeah we watch on it. abc yep we watch it week to week yes this episode yeah uh do you want to tell me what happened in this episode <laughs> i always Thank forget you. i always forget like we haven't been doing this it's only been a couple of years <laughs> doing this podcast like how am i supposed to remember what we do every time <laughs> Uh, yes, so I have a synopsis for you that is sponsored by Kirstie J. Oh, thanks. So thank you, Kirstie. Um, this synopsis, I gotta be perfectly honest, is different than all the other synopsis, because I want you to, to take a crack at synopsizing this after I'm done. Okay, okay. But here's what I've got. Uh, Jill receives news that her globetrotting sister Carrie will be coming to visit. This coincidentally happens on the same day that Tim's brother Marty and his wife Nancy come to stay after a mix-up at their new house. Uh, this episode follows the trials and tribulations of how men and women navigate familial familial conflict differently. It it do that, it do yeah, yeah. I had to put an overarching like I couldn't stick to the narrative because the, the narrative's all over the place. There there's no clear concise way of describing what happens in this episode it's it's a how lot, would you describe it uh let's see i would say jill's sister comes to town gets on jill's nerves uh tim is helping his brother move into his new place they are getting on each other's nerves al's brother shows up they have their first ever fight yeah um but none of none of those threads actually congeal into a story no they don't it there it's it's very vignette-y almost yeah. you know it's, it's just like let's explore and i think the 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 final stinger of the episode right before the outtakes kind yeah. of uh is a good representation of what the entire episode is doing as we're just mm-hmm. kind of floating between each of these dynamics yeah uh and seeing how you know men and women deal with it differently yeah yeah the the last scene of the camera is just drifting from from one sibling fight to another and yeah. then back yeah yes. yeah it's um it's definitely yeah it's just sort of like hey here's here's some meditations on how different types of siblings fight yeah and you know i got to be honest i wasn't opposed to that idea i just yeah. wish they had leaned you know the way that Frazier does 
sometimes. This is how I've, they, I've ruined you, you now. Have, yeah, you really, I really have. compared to Frasier. Um, the way the Frasier does sometimes where they're like, we have an interesting concept. Let's lean really hard into the style of that concept. You know, like uh, we'll have something completely take place in one room, very yeah. one-act play-ish. Or, you know, the Valentine's episode that we discussed on our uh, Nights episode where it's, you know, everyone has their own weird story about Valentine's Day. Yeah. And they, they lean into that style structure. Yeah. If they had done that with this as opposed to trying to make it a typical episode, I would have been much more into it. Yeah. Um so I, I like the the what they're covering. I just think how they cover it is kind of vanilla. Yeah, I would agree. And they don't cover it in vanilla, which would be delicious. <laughs> uh yeah, they they try they they take something that could have been a very good kind of sp- I don't want to say special episode because that's a loaded yeah. term, but like something that could be a very interesting stunt episode and instead kind of just tried to make it into a normal episode. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, didn't, you know, it was a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah. that peg was named Simon. <laughs> I, excellent. Great. Uh, love, love me some, some spaced. He, they, <laughs> if they'd spaced themselves out more, maybe they could have, no, there's not a joke here. There's not a joke there. Yeah. <laughs> what I said wasn't even a joke. Uh, it was better. It was better than what I tried to go off of it with. <laughs> Hey, the Mission Impossible movies have been disappointing. Simon Pegg, pick better movies. Okay. Uh, so it, it felt natural to go into our personal reflections, but usually yeah. we play a little game called Guess That Title. Yes. Uh, this week sponsored by Tom B. Okay. So do you want to try and take a stab at what this title is called? I'm going to stab this title four times. And I'm going to say, don't overthink it. Okay. One, we are family. I like that. Okay. Two, this one I've used before. Alan the family. <laughs> oh, I like that even better. It, it never stops being good. Three, sisters doing it for themselves. Okay. Four, oh brother. And then, because you said don't overthink it, I'm yeah. just going to, just to cover my bases, Jill's sister comes to town? <laughs> <laughs> it's thinking it as little as possible. That is underthinking, if anything. Uh... No, unfortunately. None of those are correct. What is the correct answer? Brothers and sisters. Oh, brothers and sisters. I almost wrote that. I almost wrote <laughs> brothers and sisters. Um, well, okay. You know, I you know will, what? I will almost give you points for that. Here's the thing. I saw the movie Rocket Man recently. Okay. And the the which is the movie about Elton John. There's a scene in the movie Rocket Man because you know it's kind of a it's kind of a fa- sort of a fantasy musical mm-hmm. that takes you through all of his work and his life. There's a scene in Rocket Man where Elton John, a man, turns into a rocket and flies up into the sky. And and in afterwards reflecting on the movie, I didn't think it was a great movie, but it lived up to its title <laughs> better than I think any other movie I've seen. Like, admittedly, Boogie Nights, they boogie uh-huh. at night, but you don't know that they're specifically boogie. Like, but, like, this is literally, like, you pay to see Rocket Man, you see a man turn into a rocket. So, in that regard, <laughs> so and it's, just, it's kind of made me rethink yeah. the way I look at titles. Jill's Birthday, that episode, Jill's Birthday happens in that episode. Brothers and Sisters, there's brothers and sisters in this episode, so maybe I shouldn't be mad. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's still not as on point as yeah. Rocket Man. Well, yeah, right. I mean, there's no cleverness to it. It's just is what it is yeah i don't know so i guess i, I guess i respect the simplicity okay. so you know what um you, no grades anymore i've i'm trained i'm now evergreen state college i just <laughs> how do i feel good about that okay title. So, very good go. all right well uh this episode aired on may 2nd 1995 it's directed by andy Cadiff. 
Um, I thought we were heading in a direction where other directors are starting to step in. Doesn't seem to be that way. Yeah. Um, it was written by Rosalind Moore. Ah, yes. Uh, who this season did Don't Tell Mama. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the beam on the car episode. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Twas the Night Before Chaos. Yeah, uh, yep. Super Bowl Fever. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> and Bachelor of the Year. Wow. I, you know, it's still weird for me that they dropped the beam on her car this season. Like, this I know, season has felt very long. It really, truly has. I, I My suspicion of that is that we started this season in winter, and we went through spring, and now we're in the throes of summer, so it feels a lot hotter. I mean, hotter. It does <laughs> that, but it feels a lot like L- more longer. time has passed. Like, yeah. once we start next season, mm-hmm. season five, it'll be toward the end of fall, so it'll just be like... All through winter, uh, it'll be. I, I have. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell if that will feel like it, a never-ending season or if you know. Home improvement is the never-ending story, <laughs> <laughs> and the nothing is Randy. No wait, no. Wait. Which one is the thing that he's riding on? Though? So the nothing's just trying to fuck us all. I yeah. I suppose <laughs> it is. Sorry, we don't make the rules. <laughs> that is probably you go on DeviantArt, you will find that out there. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, what do you say we, uh, act like Rocketmen, get in the ship and blast off to space where we, uh, explore new planets called this episode? <laughs> a, that sounds a lot like a Muppet Babies episode we watch. <laughs> B, he doesn't get into a rocket ship. He literally becomes <laughs> a rocket. Like, flames shoot out of his feet, and he bur- he goes flying up into the air off of the stage. Well, if I had known a that, literal rocket I man. would have wished for a different title. Like, if he was going to turn into something, why not, like, Crocodile Rock or... <laughs> crocodile uh... Rocket Man. Because then, then he'd be a crocodile first, and then he's also... Th- this is And that's like the prequel to Rocket Crocodile in the World of Tomorrow from the Flophouse. Uh, look, there's a lot of... There were a lot of titles they could have gone with. Yeah. It, the, I would have taken an Elton John movie that is just, like, a kind of gritty origin story about how Benny first met the Jets, but we don't get <laughs> What that. about a Elton John story? You overlay his biography with the structure of Wizard of Oz and call it Yellow Brick Road. You call it Hello Yellow Brick Road. (laughs) And then afterwards you can say, I've seen that movie too, which is a really obscure Elton John reference. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about the episode now. Get me off this Elton John train. Um... It's a ship, not a train. (laughs) We start on Tool Time. It is Spring Spruce Up Week, because spring cleaning is apparently trademarked, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, or maybe maybe spruce trees were somehow involved, but that got cut for time. Interesting. Big Spruce was uh, paying for the, the budget of this episode. <laughs> I do have a question later in this episode about some product placement. Big, uh, Big Spruce is my favorite rapper. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> He just he just raps a lot about you know uh, 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 pumping out oxygen and absorbing CO two and I don't know any other qualities of spruce trees. Continue. I mean I, I'm just starting the episode. Spruce up spring spruce up week. Yeah, so spring spruce up week. Um, it's they're talking about how to spruce up their uh, lawn furniture when it's been left outside all winter. Yeah, Tim has a patio chair that has rusted over through the winter snows. Yeah, uh, and they are going to de-rust it. Yeah, and Al is showing off, uh, you know, his variety of methods that he has to do it, and oh, mm-hmm. you know, the one that I have to use is the steel wool. It's a little bit slow, but it gets the job done. And Tim just, as Al walks over to the chair, that Tim just like hangs his head and goes, "Oh, I hate that word, slow." <laughs> 
And like, this is just kind of a window into Tim's mile. I can see Tim foregoing getting a slow cooker because he's like, nope, nope, don't want it. (laughs) I don't know. If it has to do with meat, though, I would say he could get on on that. I I don't know. I feel like like if Tim went to a bar in the 20s, he'd be like, you want a slow gin fizz? And he's like, no, fuck you. I want a fast gin fizz. (laughs) Uh, Let's not overlook. The grunt creep moment. Oh, yeah. I fr- oh, God. So as they're talking about this patio chair, this rusted patio chair, the camera pulls back and we see that the grunt creep is just sitting lounging on this rusty chair doing what? J- just kind of twiddling his thumbs, just, twiddling his, the letters of himself. You well, you took it in a much more PG way than I did. To what? me, I mean, he his hands kind of go over this crotch area and then just start vibrating really quickly. I saw it as I saw it as like twiddling twiddling fingers with his hands across his stomach. Like, yeah, you what you think he's just oh, I'm on TV going to start masturbating, I guess. <laughs> like, why not? That's I, why not? Well, wrong never to put you on TV. <laughs> uh I, look, you know... Podcast, it, different story, though. Yeah, but, but, like, you guys, you don't know which episodes we've been <laughs> masturbating on, which ones we haven't, and you never will. That's part of the fun and the eroticism, <laughs> if I may say so, of grunt work. Uh, but with the grunt creep, I, I'm already disturbed enough by, like, normally we just get a flash of him. Mm-hmm. This guy's, he, he's like 15 seconds yes. on, on screen of just sitting there, and he doesn't... I'm expecting him to fall off the chair. He usually is falling prone to sure, gravity. Yeah. Expecting him to fly out of frame. No, he yeah. just sits there. They cut to a close-up on Tim, then he's gone. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. I protest. <laughs> I want a change. Write to your congressman <laughs> about the grunt creep. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, they're talking. Tim doesn't like the slowness of... Uh, or I, Is it the slowness or is it the manual labor that goes into having to move your arm to, uh, you know, put a, a steel wool over the chair? You know, it, it could... It's it, I think por que no los dos. You know, <laughs> I, I think that, that he is both lazy and impatient. Yeah. So it, it, it checks both boxes. <laughs> Uh, but Tim, you know, has he? What do you call the tool? It's a tool that he has a thing with a thing. A on drill it. with a with a like some kind of steel wool attachment on yeah, the Yeah, you know, yeah, we're, power drill. We're men. Um, <laughs> at this point, at this point, no one is tuning into this podcast expecting us to know what the things are. I mean, you're gonna get as much home improvement knowledge out of our podcast as you are gonna watch home improvement. Yes. Um, but uh, Tim's like, okay, so I have this, and he does. Uh, the he pulls the trigger on the drill. Oh my yeah. god! I just I don't no, know anything about no, it's, tools. It's legit a trigger though. That's what you call it. And it shoots off, and uh, uh, you know the drill bit shoots off. Al catches it across the set beautifully. Just kind of further demonstrating uh, Richard Carnes' amazing abilities to catch things. His hand-eye coordination is incredible. I, I wonder if he ever tried out for baseball. I, I mean, we watched like, that pantomime a yeah, while ago. and, he, and it was we like, thought he, he looked pretty good. His yeah, form was good. This is going to be a Karn Corner question I ask I, him. I think we, I think so. We should, we, yeah, we should interrogate him over that. Because, yeah, he's very... Either he plays loads of video games, which improve hand-eye coordination, <laughs> or he's just like some sort of Roy Yeah, Hobbs but this is in 95, type. so we're talking Super Nintendo at yeah, best. Yeah, but I mean, your hand-eye, co- like if you were playing, if you were playing like Galaga, if you were playing Donkey oh, Kong, true, you yeah. needed really tight hand, like yeah, video games right. have only gotten easier since they were invented. Yeah, all right. Uh, I think Dark Souls begs to differ. Okay, well, <laughs> Dark Souls found new ways to be difficult. If Dark Souls made you put in a quarter every time. Yeah, okay, there yeah. you go. Um, so, uh... Tim's like, but you know what? I don't. Even that is uh, not going to satisfy my um, masculine uh, 
uh, needs. Needs, I guess. Ooh. No, maybe not that. Let's not talk about satisfying Tim's masculine needs. Uh, Although shortly thereafter, a woman walks in. So, <laughs> so he goes, Heidi, my hot air gun. Yes. And uh, she comes out and presents Tim with a gigantic air gun that he has modified. And one person in the audience goes, <laughs> when she walks in. And I'm kind of like, okay, okay, we're better than that. We're better than that. Was it at her or was it at the air gun, though? I'm gonna wager it was probably at her. I, I don't <laughs> okay. unless there's unless there's some air gun nut in the yeah. audience. There, that's only the first instance of a number of audience reactions in this episode. I want to highlight. Oh, the, thank God you're listening to these audience yes, reactions too. The second one comes hot on the heels of that because yeah. Tim goes, "Okay, I've modified this." Uh, you know, I was like, "You know, that's to take paint off of things, not to take rust off of things." And Tim's like, "I modified it," uh, and of course he turns it on. It's a show enough flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> And he yeah. blasts the chair, and as he's blasting it, doesn't look at it, and is talking to Al, saying, like, see, it's, uh, you know, it does the job, is just as well, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, of course, it blows a hole directly through it. Yeah. And the audience cheers and woos at this. <laughs> Fuck that chair! Fuck <laughs> Kinda, that chair! Yeah, I expected a chant at some point. Well, what you don't know is that that chair actually killed a grandmother and, and her five-year-old grandchild. <laughs> this was an execution. Yeah, no, seriously, th- that chair was sent over special from Texas. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know that chair that that chair. There, Tim was putting an end to a life of crime and debauchery. Oh, okay, all right. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, but no, it, it's weird. The audience gets very into the destruction. It's like they're at a demolition derby. It was a little disturbing, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't. I realize in that moment, I don't respond well to, and I think this is probably why I don't like sports either. Yeah, which is I don't respond well to a group mob mentality. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting riled by the destruction of something. The two minutes hate, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's this chair in It that just case. makes me, it just makes my skin, you know, it kind yeah. of like gives me the chills a little bit, you know? I get that, I get um, that. So you're basically directly tying Tim burning up this chair to like fascism or something, <laughs> like just mob rule. I, I mean, honestly, if you, if you, if you, let me get on my high horse for a yeah. second. Uh, if you look yeah. at like. Your horse has been bogarting that bong way too long. <laughs> we need to like, we, we need to get it back from him. If uh, you look at like how public executions were a form of you know entertainment, oh sure, way back in the day, and what the the progression of that has become of like clearly we don't have public executions that people watch for entertainment yet. If, <laughs> we'll see how twenty twenty turns out. I promise okay, yeah, you, if you're he right. gets reelected in like twenty twenty one, it's gonna be like I think it'd be fabulous. Say hey, we we just watch people get killed. Oh God, um, we. You know, it kind of, like, transforms into sports. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where that energy was directed toward. And now that's where we're living. It's kind of this latent um, excitement over the violence of sports. Yeah. Gets us riled up. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, you think you, you think about why football is so damn popular yeah. and or soccer, you know, the yeah. the passion and the everything that goes into that. Yeah, yeah. At least at least soccer, the the they don't institutionalize the violence on the field. Like yeah. for for soccer, they just helpfully just burn down the city surrounding the soccer stadium. I you know football, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> well, the you're field. talking about the fans too. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, But I, you know the the slides, you yeah, know, true. to take people down and stuff like that. I mean, there's a a certain adrenaline level that comes from that that is i would assume akin to the adrenaline level that you get watching a public execution yeah i think the only way to really find out is to watch a public execution for ourselves (laughs) and then come and then go to an la galaxy game (laughs) i no thank you to both really (laughs) 
Uh, Though I hear the Galaxy are really fun to watch. I, for you what know, it's worth. I, I, for my day job, I recently wrote a listing for them. They are playing uh, the Zolos, a uh, oh. club football team out of uh, Tijuana. Hmm. Uh, so I guess wish them good luck. I don't really know good when luck, the Galaxy. game is. Yeah, good luck, guys. In the, I mean, the, okay, the LA Galaxy has won the MLS Cup like five times, and in my research about the Zolos uh, from uh, Tijuana, they're they're not they're not a they're not the best team in Mexico, let's just say <laughs> okay. that. So right. I guess this podcast is now totally burning Mexican club soccer teams. Uh, all right, yeah. I guess. Uh, uh, we get. Do you have anything else with that scene? Uh, no rust, no paint, is Tim talking, and then Al goes, no chair, and opening credits. We get brimstone transition. Yes. Just these fiery balls uh, falling from the sky Yeah, uh, that takes us to the theme song. Uh, I have no notes about the theme song. I have none either. There's but only... I was able to point out to you the hidden fuck room. Yeah, and I saw I saw the hat hanging up there, and it <laughs> and I suggested that it was Hattie's mom. Every time we talk like this, I, I just I, I put what? myself in the shoes of someone just tuning in to our show for the first time. Oh, what and the, going, the hidden fuck room? What the fuck is a grunt creep? The fuck room, and Hattie's mom. <laughs> not just what what is a grunt creep but also what is a grunt creep and why are they speculating about if it's masturbating or not <laughs> like i'd be less concerned about the who of the grunt creep than well i mean i guess the fact that it might be masturbating in public is what makes me really wonder who the grunt creep is <laughs> certainly living up to his name yeah um anyway we go from the theme song to the garage where tim and the boys are underneath the frame of the new hot rod yep they are all in their little skateboard thingies and that hot rod could use a little bit of that air gun. It is very rusty. Yeah, well, and it seems like it already has had the air gun applied to it because many pieces of it are missing. It <laughs> is barely even a frame. Yes. Uh, but they're talking about what they need to fix next, and Tim says, oh, maybe I'll get my hot air gun to, to fix that up. And the boys all roll their skateboards up from under the car. <gasps> And yeah, as, as though the opera comes out, it had come out of the, the oil tank. And Tim goes, ah, just making sure you watch Tool Time still. <laughs> That's... I, I want to put a pin in that uh because it's a voodoo doll <laughs> because it's a voodoo doll but it's I, I a very small example of a few things i want to highlight about tim in this episode okay tim wants to make sure that his sons are still watching his tv show yes is a level of narcissism that baffles my mind the last episode was Tim watching his own show, <laughs> clapping for himself, commenting on it, Fair. forcing yes. Jill to watch it. You're right. I think we good. Uh, Jill walks in, says that uh, uh, her sister, Carrie, has called and says she's coming to visit. Carrie's coming to town. Creepy Carrie. No. Not from the... All of this is great. What is happening? Are you? <laughs> I, I'm just. I. I just haven't got. I just haven't got anything to say about her sister Carrie coming to town. I guess. Tim. Tim and the boys all groan. Yes. Tim and the boys. Not. They don't grunt. They don't grunt. They groan. They groan. Tim does grunt in the in the opening uh, bit with the or in the tool time bit. Oh shit! Well, that changes my guess for the grunt count. Oh no! Giving you clues along the way. Um. But no. The. Tim and the boys groan. They are not excited at the prospect of Jill's sister coming. No. Because she always uh, she always gets some gifts that they don't want. Yes, from uh, her travels around the world. She's a photographer. Yeah, she just goes all over the place. And and as Jill explains, it seems like her sister just always has lived a kind of charmed life. Not a semi-charmed life, a fully charmed life. Uh, what I don't know. If doot 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 is semi, what is a whole doot? I, I, I mean, 
I know what you're getting at. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know what a whole dude is either, though. Like I think a whole dude is just the whole song. It's just them going doot 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 doot. Oh, okay. So a dude is a semi doot 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 doot. But a whole doot 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 is a doot 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 doot. Landon, it's already getting hot in here, and I feel like you're purposefully trying to confuse me with gibberish. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm I'm priming the ground so that you never know when. A corner or uh, something is coming up. It's a form of gaslighting, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It doesn't. You gotta live the illusion. You can't just <laughs> jump into it. Uh, that's uh, that's great. You've really. Um, oh man, you're you're like a you're like a torture artist. Your own personal Joseph Mengele. Uh, and speaking of which, yeah, we talk about the gifts that uh, uh, his her sister has gotten. She says, um, you know. Uh, Brad makes him crack about the knee-high socks and the shoes, and Brad, uh, Mark goes uh, chimes up like, "You know, what? I like the leader, <laughs> the sock, uh, the leaderhosen." Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Yeah, I, or confession, really. Okay, a quest fashion. I don't know what leaderhosen are. Oh, you don't know what leaderhosen are? I, I know. I here's the thing. I feel like I'm a little embarrassed by that because I should know it from how much Animaniacs I watched. Yeah. growing up. Yeah, I mean, you've definitely seen Lederhosen in your life. But I thought Lederhosen were the socks. Oh no, they're not just the socks. They're the whole. They're the whole deal. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to? Is it? Is it the short sock? Shoe combo? It's the shorts. Yeah, like there's there's usually a hat. That's I mean, the hat isn't part of the Lederhosen. Uh, hang on, lights. There's like kind so of suspenders. Lederhosen like. The equivalent of a tux, where a tux has a cummerbund and, a vet, you know, uh, a bow tie and all that other stuff. I'm just turning it very slowly. Okay. Leader my hosen here. Those are right. leader That's, hosen. Okay, so I, I... But what of what you're showing... So Truman is showing me, like, uh, a headless German man. Uh, it, it's a crime full... scene photo from Dusseldorf. <laughs> it's really nasty. Uh... But what of that ensemble? So it's it's a checkered shirt with yeah. a kind of suspendery leather looking pant getup. Yeah. Uh, with the the tall knee socks and the the shoes. It's 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 just the pants. It's the suspendery. Look, this one isn't headless, so it's a little better. It's the suspendery. Okay. It's the suspenders. It's the thing that connects the suspenders in the middle. Is that Bill Bailey? That the, I don't. <laughs> Who that guy is? That's a. It looks like Bill Bailey. That's a very excited. Uh, that's a very excited. Just a stock photo model, I think. So, so okay. My question is: Are Lederhosen the name for the entire outfit, the way that you would call a tuxedo, but the tuxedo is made of different pieces, or is the Lederhosen specifically just the suspendery leather-looking aspect of that outfit? It's the suspenders and the pants that they're connected to. Okay, those are Lederhosen. The hat—that's your own business. The shirt. That's your own thing. Socks, okay. whatever. I mean, there's all specific stuff that is a part that like matches yeah. with the rest of it. I don't know who died and made me the fucking king of Germany. It's not <laughs> even my heritage. I'm just I'm just trying to bring you up to speed. Okay, which I appreciate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so no, that's what leader. You've you've been you've been looking at Lederhosen your whole life. Yeah. You just didn't know what name to call them. Well, you know what? Uh, I would say, um, for giving me that clarity, you are the leader to my hosen. Thank you. You know, uh, I you know it's a it, leader hosen ship is in short supply these days. Uh, right. Anyway, she got leader hosen for Mark. Yes. Uh, Randy jokes that yeah, next will be wearing panty hosen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the less that's said, the better. Yes. Uh, and Tim is you know, J- Jill is getting after Tim for not being more excited that her sister is coming. Yes. 
Tim turns it right around on Jill and says, like, well, every time your sister comes... I, you... have, the, I have the exact quote. Okay, do Unless it. Unless Scriptman is here. Uh, no, I, why would I know where Scriptman is at any time? <laughs> I mean, I, I wish... I, I only wish that I was on a first-name basis with Scriptman. <laughs> uh, he says, because I know what will happen. She'll make some remark, and you think, uh, you'll think you think she's criticizing you, and then you will criticize me. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, two minutes ago, Tim said, I just want to make sure you guys are watching Tool Time. Yeah. He takes an issue between Jill and her sister and turns it into a problem of his. Yeah, true. That's very true. But I mean, he, but also Jill is like, Jill is not really being upfront about what her sister coming entails. She's like, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And Tim is like, you're not going to like this though. Like, well, true, but there's, there's a less narcissistic, more supportive way of going about that. There always is what with you... everything Tim has said. <laughs> Tim's like, oh, well, how do you feel about that? Let Jill kind of explain how she feels. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, you're right. Tim definitely didn't... Again, it's like, I'm so numb to Tim saying the wrong thing. (laughs) The fact that he didn't punch Jill in the face for me is just like, oh, well, well, I'm Tim. Well, I haven't seen the domestic violence episode yet, but... uh, It's very, it's a very special episode. (laughs) Apparently. Uh, So, you know, and they, as they talk some more, Jill kind of opens up and kind of realizes well yeah you know yeah right my sister does get on my nerves she's this international fashion photographer it seems like good things are always happening to her she's always in the right place at the right time if she lost her balance falling off a curb robert redford would be right there to help her you know yeah that sort of thing like she's just got kind of a certain amount of jealousy of i get the kind of life that her sister is living and her sister exacerbates that with every comment i want to ask you a question because i don't really remember but okay does she um Oh, God, this episode's going to be long. Yeah. <laughs> Did she mention the Robert Redford thing to Tim there? Because she definitely mentions it to Nancy, which is where I picked it up. Oh, she mentions it to, yeah, she mentions it to Nancy. Okay, yeah. okay. Because I was going to ask, because she does use the word would with mm. Nancy. Uh, Robert Redford would be there to catch her. Yes. But then later in the episode, it is a real thing. So yeah. I'm wondering if there's, uh, what she's protecting there. I do not know. I don't know, um... Like, unless unless she said Robert Redford would be there, and then between her having that conversation and her sister arriving, that situation has transpired where she slips and Robert <laughs> sure, Redford catches yeah, right. her. Uh, anyway, Tim Tim is excited when she realizes, uh, realizes that Carrie's going to be here on Saturday yeah. because Tim isn't going to be here on Saturday and, you know, fuck anyone else's problems if he's not going to be there to experience them. But for once... It's because Tim is actually doing something good. He's helping his brother Marty and uh, and uh, his wife Nancy, who Tim recently saw naked, is move into their new house. Back to the Future. Yes, it is. Yes, it's Back to the Future. It can't be. Yes, it is. It can what, be. What part of Back to the Future is it? it it's just, it's not any specific part. It's like Doc a few times goes Marty like that. Like those are just how Doc talks. Ah, Marty. I disagree. Your, your kids are gonna be assholes, Marty. Hmm, okay. What's the deal with going back in time, Marty? <laughs> uh, oh, gonna... uh, Marty, uh, what would you what would you even do with the body? What, what would you do with the head, Marty? Uh, I I'm gonna have to watch Back to the Future again. I mean, look. Also, part of it is like it was just a dumb thing I started doing on the podcast. Like nothing we really. Do I thought it was a sense. specific quote from something. I mean, Back to the Future was the first thing that entered my head, and I'm like, that can't possibly be it. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't ever say that. Uh, he does. I mean, he says Marty's name in it, and he yells it in that in that tone of voice. Are you confusing Marty with Scott? Scott. No. Great Scott. Great Scott. No, I'm not confusing it with Great Scott <laughs> okay. at all. All right. No. 
Come on. We're going to have words about this after the episode. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I look forward to it. We'll take it outside. Uh, we get a box transition. Um, a bunch of boxes pile into frame, and we are taken to the uh, kitchen dining room area mm-hmm. where Nancy and Jill are uh, talking about uh, Carrie before yeah. she arrives and carrying the twins from uh, upstairs to the outside. Yeah, just rotating those twins from one part of the house <laughs> to the other. Yeah, are you and your sister close? And Jill goes, oh, yeah, we get along really well. Sometimes. Not often. No. <laughs> um, this is where she talks about things always falling into place for Carrie. And, yeah. You know, I, you can tell there's some latent jealousy there. Yeah. This is where she mentions the Robert Redford thing. Yeah. Uh, and she goes, you know, I... In, in reference to um, the the kind of strained relationship they have, Jill says, you know, I'm a little envious of Tim and Marty. They seem so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to Tim and Marty coming home, arguing. <laughs> you idiot. You big idiot. That's... Calling someone a big idiot is a big mood, I think. Like, that's just... <laughs> you, you don't want to go any hotter than that. Yes. It's just like, you're not just an idiot. You're one of the larger idiots that there is. I, I'm very partial. I have many people to back me up on this. But for years, my go-to has been dumb idiots. You... T- uh, witness, I've seen you do that before. I've been on the receiving end sometimes. Uh, well, and but that's like basically the whole level that their fight is at. Yeah. You big idiot, you dumb idiot, you butthead, back and forth. Yes. It's just like they stick to those three words. Those were the only words they could afford for this episode. <laughs> uh, but they're coming in while a bunch of movers are also bringing in boxes uh, because there was a screw up uh, over Marty and Nancy's new house. Uh, they couldn't move in because of some floor thing. Tim had a better guy than the guy that Marty hired, but the guy that Tim hired was a bigger idiot than Tim was. Uh, and Tim says, no one's a bigger idiot than I am. Yes, exactly. Tim, who was previously uh, denying that he was an idiot, now he has to be the biggest of something. Uh, so they have to move in for... Well, I, I didn't get whether or not they were moving in or just housing the boxes there for two I, I, days. I think they're just storing the boxes for two days until everything can be done. Okay, so they're yeah. just sleeping on a half-finished floor in their new house. Uh, I guess, No, I mean, prob- probably they're sleeping at the house, too, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, I'm just picturing a Rosemary's Baby scenario <laughs> where they're sitting on the ground eating pizza without any furniture <laughs> and the babies are just like lying on the floor not even in a crib no they're floating <laughs> in circles <laughs> around the uh, the pentagram and that's and that's the great thing about having a demon baby you save on a crib you're sa- that's that's 200 bucks right there that you don't have to pay and like you know you invest that you put that in a Roth IRA that'll come back for you that'll be good that'll put those kids through college demon college oh my god speaking of demons we have a little controversy on our hands. Okay. Because these movers come in. Yeah. And one of them has a line. <gasps> and you would think that this would be the first character actor corner that we go into. Yeah, I would think that. Here's the thing. None of the movers, including the one that has a line, are credited. They do not appear in the cast list. So I have no idea who this unnamed character actor is. Who's uh, in the Witness Protection Program. even had a name, because his name tag said Andy. <laughs> Andy Kadif. <laughs> maybe that's what hey maybe it was a cameo by the director yeah and he's just know. like i don't need it. another credit for that <laughs> uh so i don't know who this is i i can't go into a character actor corner because we have a character actor con- uh controversy who do you think it is who do you think like who, who do you, like maybe philip seymour hoffman just getting really into a role <laughs> i would say it was a uh disguised william hurt oh okay okay all right um I would say uh, Donald Pleasance. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, I guess he was. 
this is his last film credit before he died in 1995. It's, uh, you know, it's just like how Orson Welles' last movie was the Transformers movie. It's you go out on a really big, or how Sean Connery's last movie is Sir Billy, Legend of the Highlands. Uh, Guardian of the Highlands, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, so, uh, anyway, um... So at the same time as yeah. uh, the movers are in, and, and they're they're this. just to, to finish painting oh, yeah. the scene, they're putting boxes everywhere. Yeah, the yeah, entire yeah, yeah. crowding in. Yeah, it's just everywhere you look, boxes. Yeah. And uh, then at this point, uh, in the midst of all this chaos, Jill's sister arrives like she is someone joining an improv show, <laughs> fully occupying her space, comes running in the door, just talking and doing her bit. Uh, <laughs> Saying, yeah, oh, hello, oh, it's my little uh, sister here, oh, it's so good to see you, I'm here for a week, and hugs her, and just, and is just in, it's just, it's just oh, a week, yes. huh? Yeah, no, it's, it's exactly right, I, the energy was, uh, I think, kind of a saving grace, to be perfectly honest, it was a, a shift in, in tone that I needed uh, yeah. for this episode, Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you noticed, Oh, there's something I didn't notice? Something I, I missed? missed? Definitely something that was in the episode, I'm sure. No, go on, Landon. Tell me more about it. <laughs> on one of the boxes. Yeah. Behind... <laughs> behind Jill's sister. Yeah. It's a character actor corner. Oh, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, okay. And this uh, character actor uh, goes by the name of Tootie Roche. That's, that's, a, that's a heck of a name. That's a heck of a name. Uh, she has appeared in uh, films such as City of Angels oh. with uh, Mr. Nicolas Cage. <gasps> uh, she has appeared in... She had a, a voice in the video game Red Dead Redemption 2. <gasps> well, okay, her and like 20,000 other people. What, what <laughs> True, voice right. was she in Red Dead Redemption? Uh, local pedestrian population. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> okay, cool. I remember... I've So I probably shot her or ran her over with my horse at some point. <laughs> She was in Ryan's Hope uh, with uh, uh, Earl Hinman okay. uh, for a few episodes. Okay, okay. Dream on. Question is, was she on ER? I'm going to say no. You are correct. Oh, thank God. But shit, she was on a very, very special thing called Karn Corner. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> That's you... right. I hid Karn Corner in a character actor. Corner. You, you, it's like, um, it's like a suicide bomb, basically. <laughs> I didn't expect it there, and now it's blown up in my face. Okay. That's why I was so transparent about the character actor corner. You just, you just, you're just like tenting your hand. You have to explain <laughs> how you, how you got me. You need everyone to know. I would, if I was a villain, I would 100% be the rubber ducky scene at the end explaining my plan, because I could not get away with just doing it and having that be the... The pride. Do, do you get it though? Do you get how I did it? Uh, it would 100% be me. Okay, Karn Corner. Karn Corner inside character actor corner. Do you know why? Um, be, because it's a state fair food. You wrap <laughs> one in the other and deep fry it exactly, and cover it in yep. bacon. Why? Tootie Roche happens to be Mr. Richard Karn's wife. <gasps> Fascinating. <laughs> yes. Fascinating. Yeah. She seems delightful. Way to go, Richard Karn. Yeah. And uh, and oddly great casting for... Because yeah. she feels like she is bred of Jill's ilk. Yeah, seriously. I guess, I mean, one more reason that Al and the family kind of fit. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, okay. Okay, so, I mean, are we assuming that she just went out... Do you think she's auditioned multiple times to play bit characters on Home Improvement and this is just like the first one where she was good enough? Or do you think this is a nepotism thing? Uh... Well, I mean, 
clearly she has the skills oh, clear, to do clearly it. Clearly she so can act well, yeah. Who knows how it came about? Yeah. Uh, that's a question that we can put out into the world. But, um, you know, I think however she got the part, I think it's well-deserved. Oh, certainly, she fits yeah, yeah, and, she's great. And, you know, deals with it well. So I can't say if it's nepotism or not. Um, one kind of interesting bit of trivia for this episode that we didn't talk in the preamble about, which may contribute to this, this is the 100th episode of Home Improvement. Oh, weird. <laughs> Thought they would have done more. I guess. So I guess the fact that the last the last episode was a clip show. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. Technically, episode 98, 99. Who knows? Yeah, how, yeah. how are they? I'm curious how they uh, how they count that. How they count that? Yeah. Um. So yeah. I don't know. There you go. Huh. Huh. Cool. Well, way way to go. Uh, well then. So it's it really is. It's the whole the whole uh, Karn family is involved in this. <coughs> By which I mean one Karn and his wife. Not. <coughs> not their son Cooper. Oh, they've got Cooper Karn? Cooper Karn. Oh, Cooper Karn. That sounds like <coughs> a bad guy in a Mario game. <laughs> or just an awesome name. Like, or like awesome a superhero. Name. Yeah. So Cooper uh, Karn, private eye. <laughs> and I think he does appear on the show at some point. So really? the entire Karn family does appear on Home Improvement. But uh, let's step out of Karn Corner. And man, out of character actor isn't corner. this character actor corner so great but let's step out of that as well. It, it's like Inception. Yeah, she was also in The Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, not, oh, actually... Not the one with Will Smith, the one with Frank Whaley. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's step out of character actor corner and back into the episode that we're doing. So we're back in the house, surrounded by boxes. Jill's yep. sister, uh, Richard Carn's wife, is talking to her and saying, you know, just gushing about the house and everyone and saying, oh, it's just so good to know that there's some people like my little sister left in this world living their little lives in their little houses, making delicious meals. And it's you know Jill is upset at the patronizing tone that mm-hmm. uh, that her sister has taken, and Tim says oh, she's got to be talking about someone else. She said delicious meals. Oh, so God. it's like your wife is already in an emotional situation <laughs> with her sister. And it's like, hey Jill, I just want you to remember you um you you suck at cooking, and <laughs> and so you bad. you actively cause pain to your loved ones with how bad your cooking is. Oh God. Then we get a. I mean, do you have any? Well, yeah, no. right. So um, oh God. Okay, so. Uh, I don't. I didn't get the transition on this one. I think it's just a, the scene sliding together. Yeah. But, uh, that takes us to the kids' bedroom. Yes. So they're upstairs. Uh, she is. Uh, the boys are are examining the things that she's gotten for them, or she's photographing. Yeah. She's gotten Brad these like fingertip claw things that make him look like Freddy Krueger, kind of. That the, was Randy. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. It was Brad, wasn't it? No. It was Randy. Yeah. Well, dollar in the jar, I guess two, because I argued. <laughs> I can't remember what uh, Brad had, but Randy was the one against the wall with the fingertips. Right. Okay, my mistake. Uh, my frequently made mistake. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, got him those. Uh, it seems like the sort of thing Randy would be into, though, because it yeah. allow- it's like he has super long claws on his hands, all the better for the killing. <laughs> but- and speaking of which, yeah, uh, I-, I know <laughs> I know my... my uh, uh, Inclination? Inclination is the word I was looking for, of uh, uh, being obsessed with the background. Yes. But uh, whenever we're in the kids' room, yeah, there is a, a common factor that I always notice. Is it a calendar? It's a mask. Oh, thank God. Oh, it's the... Okay, you know, you mentioned that before, the creepy mask. Yeah. Randy always has some sort of creepy-ass mask on the little nook ledge. A creepy mask for his ass. They're always different, too. This time it has, like, a, one of those little bone... You know, the the headbands that make it look like a bone's through your head. Uh, that's on top of it. It's but a it's real this, bone. Like, uh, you remember in Mrs. Doubtfire, 
Yeah, the kids are watching an episode of The Outer Limits before yeah. uh, you know Mrs. Doubtfire arrives. Yeah, and it's like they're pushing the guy's face around like clay. Mm-hmm. That's what this mask looks like. <laughs> You couldn't just reference the Outer Limits episode. You had to reference it through the prism well, of Mrs. Doubtfire. I, I don't. I, I don't know enough about the Outer Limits or that episode to say anything. I had to go with the reference I knew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of Mrs. Doubtfire, Mark comes in wearing a kimono, and that dude looks like a lady with his <laughs> long hair and his flowery, ladylike robe. Um. Also, just with all of like, because Carrie's explaining like the the traditions behind all the gifts that yes. she's gotten for the boys, and I'm thinking like. Has Carrie ever hooked up with Wilson? Because I feel like they'd have a lot to talk about. Like, I'm kind of surprised there's no Carrie and Wilson scene in this yeah, episode. Yeah, you're right. I I mean, I guess uh, as we find out in the Wilson scene that we get in, in two scenes, um, he would have a lot to talk about. I mean, all the kids and Tim even give <laughs> give Wilson their gifts. Yeah. And he is into them. Yes. Yeah, he is running down to dancing in the backyard with them. <laughs> uh, but... We'll get there yes. in due time. Uh, so she also mentions that she hopes Tim likes his kimono, which I think would be a Tim-O-No. Um, <laughs> Tim-O-No. Oh, which is what I would say if I saw Tim wearing a kimono. And Jill, who has come in at some point, says, yeah. oh, what? The, the kids leave. Yeah. Jill comes in with a, a basket full of laundry that she's uh, folding. Yes. And she says, oh, well, he'll like it as much as that kilt you brought him last year. And it's like, Tim's already worn a kilt. He seemed perfectly happy to wear it, to flash it at you. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if he was happy about wearing it, but he wore it. He was wearing it around the house, wasn't he? I mean, you know, he didn't have to <laughs> Well, be he was there. on his way to the location shoot. I guess so, but I feel like Tim kind of gets whatever he wants. Yeah, no, you, well, yeah. that's... <laughs> that's an unfortunate tradition of this show. <laughs> yes. Um, but they start talking, and, you know, Carrie is taking photos of Jill while she's uh, doing laundry, saying, I just... It's in my blood to, you know, capture people in their element, in their you know, natural environment. Uh, and Jill's like, folding socks is my my habitat? Is That's that's what I do? That's how yeah. you see me? And Jill's like, or Carrie's like, oh, well, no, taking care of your family, you know, looking after people. That's that's you and what you do. This doesn't go over very well. No, it does not. Uh, you know, basically, Carrie explains that she's starting to think that maybe she wants to have a family. She's visiting the Taylors to get a look at what marriage and family life is like and see how you put up with your life, basically. I gotta be perfectly honest. This is a... Uh, really ham-fisted way of explaining this to Jill. Yes, uh, she does not do a good job. No, she doesn't. I, I think the intentions are okay, but yeah, just the way she explains it is, I, I'm full team Jill here. And maybe that's the bulk of what the problem in their relationship is. They both yeah. mean well, but just her sister can't communicate very well. Yeah, and Jill takes everything a little too personally from yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, based on experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, she's saying, like, I just want to see and make sure that I don't settle. And, yeah. and, and Jill says, oh, you mean like I did with Tim? And back and forth, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that, even though that's clearly very much what you did. Um, that's a little of me editorializing more than Carrie getting involved. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Jill says, you know, you're being so self-centered about this whole thing, you know, uh, her whole methodology of doing this. And uh, I can't remember what the actual line from Carrie is, but... Well, well the line from... Yeah, you're, you know, they're, they it, it turns into a fight because yeah. Jill is taking umbrage at the things that uh, Carrie is saying. And then uh, eventually Carrie says, God, you're being so self-centered because we're supposed to be talking about me. <laughs> And I wondered if this is a dynamic that's existed in Jill's entire life with Carrie and whether or not it contributes to her attraction to Tim. Maybe so oh, that that Tim is that Tim is just fully willing to be selfish like that. Or? Yeah, well, it's just like that's part of what is uh, wrapped up in the feeling of family to mm. Jill. 
Mm-hmm. So in looking for a mate and looking for someone to start a family with, she's uh, appealed a little bit to the self-centeredness. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, and and also, I mean, maybe this harkens back to that trip to the zoo that they would take every year where Jill <laughs> never got to see the monkeys because everyone else got to see what they wanted to see. Was it the monkey? I think it was the wallabies. Oh, no, she wanted to see the wallabies. That's right. So, no, they always, monkeys got priority over the wallabies. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, before we leave the scene, um, I do want to point out one more thing in the background. Yeah. Right behind Randy's bed, there is a game of some sort, I yeah. think. And it's called Empire Builder. Empire Builder. Well, <laughs> Ran- I mean, this is Randy planning for the future when he yes, rules. Yes, I know. The, it's just all these little pieces of evidence that, that pop up from time to time. Empire Builder. Yeah. Uh, it's like, see, it's, you know, probably, well, when the first Civilization came, game came out in like 1995. Maybe that's, maybe oh, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's yeah. a play on that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Tim comes in and Jill, you know, right at the moment, Jill's like, do you think all my life is just revolves around socks yeah and cue tim to come in to go hey jill do you have any clean socks yeah and she hands them to him and he just goes yeah and just go, it leaves again <laughs> uh it was the most sitcom moment you can even imagine the only way it could have been worse is if a toilet flushed off camera or something <laughs> and then a cat just went Meow! grandpa <laughs> uh and we get a terrifying sock puppet transition oh my god all these sock puppets pop up and are like laughing at us and pulling in new bits of scene with their mouths yeah it's uh who it's <laughs> gotta imagine the land of the transitions that they are the like uh, Oompa uh the the striped things in beetlejuice those worm things oh yeah or like the sandworms in dune yeah. yeah yeah right yeah exactly uh just kind of terrifying creatures that exist in the the dunes of uh transition land and they produce the, uh, the void yeah as, as yeah it's called. the void is arrakis i totally <laughs> uh we cut to the kitchen yes where we're... marty and tim are talking over beers yes uh they have they have at last put aside their differences because uh one of them put the other one in a headlock and that yeah. was when their fight ended well see now here's the, i think the first indication that this problem or that this uh, episode has gone awry is that if the Intention is to show how men and women deal with their siblings differently. We don't see Tim and Marty deal with their problem. We do not. And, I mean, that's kind of the point that they're getting at, but I want to see how that transpired. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if it was just, hey, you know, I was an idiot. Yeah. Cool. Shoulder like, punch. I want to see punch. that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to just see the aftermath. Yeah. To see them talking about the fact, oh, everything's okay now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean,. And then also because then they go from having resolved their fight off camera to then the thing that animates them for the rest of the episode is, oh, we have to find Farmer Fred, this lost toy. Yeah, Nancy comes down trying to put the the twins to sleep. They can't sleep without Farmer Fred. Farmer Fred is somewhere in one of the multitude of boxes around... Boxes? Boxes, yeah. (laughs) Around the house. Uh, And Marty's like, okay, great, I'll bring him up in a second. And then uh, Tim's like... You don't know where he is, do you? It was, nope. Oh no! <laughs> and so they have to look in every box. Yeah, but like that never really goes anywhere. They never find Farmer Fred. They could have, instead of having them go down that route, just had them been resolving their fight and had that been Tim and Tim and Marty's uh, yeah plot line for the rest of the episode. Yeah, but no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you set out that mission statement of like we're going to explore these two things and then don't follow up on one of them, I mean, the episode just kind of falls into nowhere territory. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it falls itself into the void yeah um eaten by sock puppets so (laughs) marty goes off into the garage to look for farmer fred while tim uh continues to look around the kitchen and this is where jim uh jill comes down to complain um about 
Carrie's criticism. Yeah, and you know, she's explaining, like, yeah, well, the whole reason that Carrie's staying here for a week is she just wants to document how miserable our lives are, and Tim just goes, oh, it's going to take her a whole week, huh? <laughs> and just, like, this is a conversation where nothing that Tim can say will make Jill happy, and not the usual for the usual reason, which is that Tim is a bad husband. Yeah. But in this case, because just, like, he's trying to, like, when he tries to cheer her up with jokes, she's like, why are you joking right now? I, I'm I'm too angry to be cheered up. You should be being supportive. And then he's saying, like, yeah, well, you know, your sister's always gotten on my nerves, too. And then she's like, well, no, how dare you say that about my sister? You know, only I can say that about my sister. See, I this is, <laughs> this, to me, this is a contrived way by the writers to put this unfair emphasis on Jill's shoulders, like, making her seem unreasonable. When, yeah. really, it is on Tim's shoulders, you know, read the room, read what she, you know, needs in the moment. I mean, she shouldn't have to tell you to be supporting. I mean, I, again, I go back to the, this is a sitcom, of course. This is what has to transpire. But, yeah. you know, I don't like what it's saying about Jill uh, in that moment. And to some extent, though, it also might be just that Tim and Jill have been together for a long time. He's seen this process happen nine or ten times with mm -hmm. her sister. And he's just, like, sick of it now. He's sick of just playing along. Yeah, but... <sighs> That's his problem. I know that's his problem. I'm not saying it makes him okay. I'm just trying to give a reason for why that might be the case. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, he goes, oh, does that go too far? And then we get a transition with a bunch of uh, signs that pop up that say, too far! Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we go to Wilson. Yes. Uh, our Wilson scene in the backyard. Jill comes out, and Wilson is listening to the music and dancing um, What I with the fingers. That yeah, the finger things. Randy, the Thai finger things we I, never got the name of. I heard Fon Webb. Fawn web, yeah, that sounds good to me. Fawn web, <laughs> I might be wrong about that, but uh... it's like the interweb, but it's for people who uh, have fawns. It, we it's... just raise fawns? No, well, no, no. It's it's like fawn. When I say fawn web, I mean like the fawns. Like it's like for it's only hey. yeah, it's only you have to kick it to the <laughs> you have to kick the internet to get it to work. Yeah, you, you go over by it, you you punch it, it starts working. You snap your fingers, and a girl stands next to you. Then. <laughs> And uh, that internet sounds awesome. I know it's it's great. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, then ultimately you get offered a spinoff and you don't take it. And instead yeah. you start executive producing the Fawn Web. Yeah, you kind of expand a little bit, but then you uh, physically expand. Oh, <laughs> you get murdered in a, uh, a 1995 awesome uh, slasher flick, and then you become an Emmy Award winning uh, actor on Barry. Yeah, and you direct the movie Cop and a Half, which also came out in 1995. <laughs> Back to the Winkle cast, all about shit Henry Winkler did in his career that no one necessarily knew about. Cop, is that the Burt Reynolds one? That is the Burt yeah, Reynolds not, one. That one came out very close to Top Dog, which Ooh. was also 1995, and I know that because my very first date oh, was, uh, we were going to go to a movie, yeah. and we had the choice of seeing Top Dog, starring yeah. Chuck Norris and a dog, <laughs> or Tommy Boy. And I opted for Tommy Boy. Good for you. So Tommy Boy is, you know, holds a place in my heart for a multitude of reasons. Oh, man. Do you think that if you'd gone to see Top Dog, the date would have gone better? The date went fine. Okay, good. I didn't mean to imply that it went badly. No, no, it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Where you, where, way to go having an okay first date. That's, that's, that's a big one. <laughs> How old were you when I had my first date? How old? Uh, let's see. I was <laughs> six or seven years old. Oh, 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 disgusting. Gross. Um... <laughs> God almighty. So, uh, okay, where are we in this? Uh, he's talking to, to Wilson. Yeah. Um, well, in... No, no, go ahead. No, 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 you. No, you. No, no you after go first. you. No, after you. Oh, it's like Canadian traffic jam. Uh, you talk, because you take notes about what they're talking about. Okay, yes. Don't. So, uh, yeah, Jill, Jill goes out to talk to Wilson, 
uh, is talking to him about uh, the problems with her sister. She's getting started when Tim comes out of the house and mm-hmm. says, well, I want to talk to Wilson, too. And she says, well, I'm talking to him right now. Uh, you'll have to wait. We only have one Wilson. Wilson goes, uh, I'm a neighbor and a friend, not a restroom. <laughs> Which is a good thing to clarify. You want to make sure people know that ahead of time. Yeah. And then Tim follows that up by saying, well, hurry up. I don't know how long I can hold it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes he, he he goes off and then yeah. jill sits down and starts describing the things that happen between her and her sister and how yeah. it always turns into fights and one-upsmanship or one-ups womanship and i can't take uh i can't take him seriously wilson seriously in the scene because his hands are draped over as usual but he still has the the fingertips on yeah you expect him you expect him to like dig them into the fence and like flip over it or something <laughs> just parkour his way through so i have uh two questions for you ask both of them First, uh, I want to ask um, about a personal reaction. Yes. Wilson starts going into his advice here, and you on the couch go, oh, oh wow. Well, okay. What the, was that about? The, the the advice that he gave, and I'm trying, because I did not write this one down specifically, but it's like, it, you know, it's, it's you give some, some quote from someone about, like, uh, sisters are always there for each other, or, you know, one sister's always there for the other when she goes astray. And Jill says, like, well, do you think that I'm the one who's going astray or something? And what Wilson says is, I think that if you let this relationship lapse, both of you are going astray. And it's yeah. just like, ooh, Wilson, <laughs> clever wording there. Uh, you know, I mean, I it's not like I thought he was going to come into this and say, fuck your family, cut off ties with <laughs> I just The way you responded to it, I felt like it was like a personal revelation for you. I mean, part of it, part of it was, I was like, oh, that was well worded. And then part of it was me being like, okay, well, I'm commenting on it now. I guess I'll just go all the way. Like, oh, yeah, oh, Wilson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's my other question, which is less personal. Okay. What do you make of the fact that Jill makes an effort to to face Wilson face-to-face and not let the fence get in the way? She always stands on something so that they can look at each other, and Tim does not. I think that that is why Wilson's advice actually helps Jill, or, like, why Jill actually seems to understand Wilson's advice. Like, like Jill is focused on the person she's talking to. Mm-hmm. Tim is focused on Tim. Wow. Oh, yeah! Wow! Wow! Uh, yeah! See, there you go. There you go. I, it's, that, it's but Wilson that is quality. that's that is really astute. I wouldn't have thought that. Um, maybe I would have gotten there in time. I'm, I'm glad but... we had this talk. You know, <laughs> I think that's really telling, though. Yeah. No, I mean that. that well, and also Jill's a psychologist or a mm-hmm. psychologist in training. She wants to actually look at the person and empathize. Mm-hmm. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Um. So uh, after. Uh, Wilson gives uh, Jill all this advice. Tim comes back out with his uh, suit in his hand and says, great, now it's off to work I go without my Heidi Ho. (laughs) (laughs) And the audience goes nuts for this. They they do. And Jill is laughing at this. Everyone is going crazy. (laughs) I I don't quite understand what is going on with the audience in this episode. They are reacting to things, especially things Tim does, in a way that they don't react in any other episode. Tim shared his cocaine with them before before they started. It's just like, <laughs> I think we got to be a little careful with that. First one's free. First one's free. First one's free. <laughs> you know, this isn't a news podcast. No one comes here for 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 facts. Uh, fair, but to be completely clear, Tim was not doing cocaine no, for no, 90% of his career. Yeah, and even then, we don't even know that he was ever doing it. He was yeah, just trafficking right, okay, it yes. briefly. So I just want to cover our bases there. We In cocaine. <laughs> God almighty. Uh, the scene, just like I want to do, speeds away from... <laughs> speeds away from Truman forever. <laughs> we go to uh, Tool Time, where uh, they are fixing a dipping deck. Yeah, 
And Tim says, it's a heck of a deck. And Al says, actually, it's a wreck. And Tim goes, well, let's check. <laughs> you and really enjoyed that. I loved that. <laughs> words that sound like other words. Uh, so as Al grabs a, a new board to, to sturdy the existing board in the deck, Tim kind of pushes it aside and gets on his soapbox to talk about uh, uh, things that he just has no justification to talk about. Why do women fight? Why do sisters fight with each other? Why can't they fight the way men fight? Why can't women be men? Yeah. Why can't I women love men. be more like a man? Yeah. <laughs> Tim claps a hand over his face. I, I, I don't know what I was saying. I have to I, go. I didn't mean that. I meant to say I just want to be married to a man. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I'm just saying there's just something alluring about a pair of strong masculine arms encasing you and knowing that you can find vulnerability in someone else's masculinity. Oh, God. Ooh, oops. Oops. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, why can't men be more like cars? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to fuck a car, guys. <laughs> why Why can't every movie be more like David Cronenberg's Crash? <laughs> Um, but anyway, as he starts talking about this and, like, criticizing the way that women bicker, ay ay ay, uh, Al immediately chimes in and saves all of us and yes. says, you know what, that's not true. Uh, yeah. you know, men don't always solve things with fisticuffs. Take me and my brother, for example. We used to solve things over a, uh, settled our differences over a nice cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, well, now, when, when he first jumps in and says, Tim, how does this apply... And Tim, to, how does this apply to us fixing a deck? Tim says, well, when two boys fight, one of them gets decked. But then, yes, that, I'm sorry, I had to get the, look, there's all these deck I jokes. know, my, I'm, I'm letting my silence speak for me. <laughs> that joke is a wreck. Um, but yeah, yeah, so. I am not a wreck from that joke. <laughs> uh, Al is, but so, you know, Alan is explaining about how he and his brother would fight. They had this healthy way of going about it. Lo and behold, it turns out his brother is is there yeah. that day. He's and backstage. We had no inkling up to this point that he even had a brother. No, I was not aware. But apparently Tim knew because he mentions <laughs> Cal Borland. Cal Borland. Yes, you're right. And uh, and so, sure enough, it's like, why don't you have your brother come out here and talk to us about how you guys fight? <laughs> and so, um, sure enough, Al's brother comes out. Yeah. And I don't really know what I'm looking at. I don't know if I'm looking at... at Richard Karn. You were so confused by this. Is it, was it Richard Karn in an army hammer in the social network situation? <laughs> uh, was it Richard Karn in a uh, uh, Austin Powers in gold member situation? <laughs> I can give you some background information if it would help you. Give it to me. Okay. Uh, this guy is named Keith Lehman. He is not a character actor. I mean, I guess technically he is, but this is the only thing he's done. Is he one of the Lehman brothers? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Well, um, I bailed him out if he is. <laughs> the uh, uh, reason he exists mm -hmm. on this show is he had sent in, or his wife or someone, family member, had sent in to Home Improvement um, a photo of him saying, hey, this guy, Keith, looks so much like Al Borland. Oh, my God. Uh, and the producers got this photo and this letter and said... Yeah, he looks so much like Al Borland. And why don't we have him on as uh, uh, Al's brother? It was a simpler time, wasn't it? When you could just write to a TV show and say, hey, I kind of look like this character. You want to put me on TV? They're like, yeah, what the fuck else are people going to look at? Listen, someone bought me a drink thinking I was Patton Oswalt. True, true. <laughs> so I'm just saying, the next season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, <laughs> if TV son of TV's Frank needs a brother... I can be TV's son of TV's Frank's brother. TV's, no, TV's brother of TV's son of TV's Frank. 
Uh, Please. Yes. Anyone that's on that show who is listening to our who show. Who is listening. Hired Truman as a writer and me as the brother. That's good. Yeah. It's a, we're, we're, a, we're a duo. We, we come as a package. <laughs> um, I, I would even play the clone. You know, the way yeah, that... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cynthia yeah, is. Cynthia, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would play Frank's clone. This just could be to, to just rotate in a whole new cast, basically of their of their shittier clone versions. <laughs> exactly. Um, I I will say then this guy, this non actor who just mm-hmm. looks a lot like Al, is a much better actor than so many of the guests who they have <laughs> come on to Tool Time. Oh my god, he outacts every race car driver, every football player, and most of the astronauts. Uh, oh and maybe just a little better than Jimmy Carter. Ooh, yeah. Well, Jimmy Carter was playing himself. True. No one can play Jimmy Carter better than Jimmy Carter. J- Jimmy Carter's been studying for that role his entire <laughs> life. Um, yes. So uh, I have a note here that says, "What am I looking at?" As Truman says on the couch. Well, because I was just like, I didn't know. Like, yeah. was this a special effect? It was d- very odd. They start arguing a little bit. I mean, they get into. Um, well, they, they t- like, Tim is like, well, tell me about what Al was, you know, you want to tell me about what Al was like growing up? I don't think so, Tim. Huge, and then huge laughs between yeah, the two. Of I've always wanted to say that. And then they start talking about, yeah, you know, whenever we have a fight, we'd settle over a cup of tea. Nothing like a good cup of chamomile to, uh, to settle a dispute. Well, I thought you liked Earl Grey. Well, you never asked me what I like. I just drank the Earl Grey because you save it. I can't believe you've been holding this in for all these years and you bring it out on our TV show or on my TV show. And Tim's like, my TV show? Uh, yeah, and so they get into a huge fight yeah. about the fact that they don't fight. And somewhere in that argument is revealed that Cal is a physicist. Yes. Yeah, you're always you're always flaunting your job because I'm just a... You, know, you with your fancy TV show and I'm just a physicist. <laughs> uh, and then we get a patented, like... Fellas, could we? And yeah. then they both look at the camera. And look back at each other. Yeah. Then, yeah. And then stir. And we get a teacup transition. Teacups around their heads. To the kitchen where Tim is dragging um, a a duck toy behind him as he's still looking for Farmer Fred. It's that trail of like the duck and then all the ducklings on, on wheels yeah. with the string between them. And and Marty says like, you're supposed to be looking for Farmer Fred. And Tim says, I still am. The ducks are helping me. <laughs> you know, there's. I don't particularly like Tim's mugging with all of these toys, but I like the idea that he gets a kick out of children's toys. Yeah, the, the fact that that he has grown. He probably pull out the ducks like, oh, this is stupid. I remember this. <laughs> I like them. They just follow me around. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Carrie comes down, uh, says she has to leave. Tells Jill that something came up, uh, a job came up, and that she has to get on a plane right away. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's a lie. Jill sees through it and says, you know, I don't want you to leave. Yeah. Uh, see, now, by this point in the episode, I feel like it's been jam-packed with so much filler that doesn't go anywhere that I'm like, this moment should have more weight to it. And yeah. it doesn't. I don't yeah. feel the trajectory of this episode. No. It does not. It does not feel like oh, this showdown between these two sisters who've been fighting for their right. entire. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like they're reaching some new understanding of right. each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, but she. But that is what technically is happening. Yeah, they sit down <laughs> and, and talk about it. And it's like you know, you know, uh, her, her sister says something about how she reminds her of their mother, and it's like oh, just because you jet around and have this glamorous life, and I'm a wife and a mother, why do you assume I'm like mom? You know, but what Carrie reveals is like, well, I'm just not as happy doing this as I used to be, and I think I need might need to make changes, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to do. I never really have a chance to stop. Yeah. And Jill basically tells her, like, look, you might, to figure that out what you want, you might just need to slow your life down a bit, and anytime you need to talk, you can call me, and we mm-hmm. can talk about it. It's all very sweet what's, it what's is getting very covered sweet. Yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it was kind of robbed of a, a more poignancy than it deserves. Right, yeah. I mean, I... I... 
I don't know. I guess I could have done without. Honestly, I could have done without the Wilson scene more than any of them. That's where they yeah. could have like got some more. Space I don't know. I or... think the whole Marty thing. I mean, it goes nowhere and it contributes nothing to Tim and Marty's relationship. Yeah. I personally think that whole through line could have been ditched in in favor of more Carrie. And, yeah, more Carrie, and, and then the subplot could have been Al and Cal. Just really, really yeah. trade a lot of right. that. Right, yeah, exactly. Because the guy playing Cal, again, really does pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Tim keeps coming in in the middle of these, uh, uh, co- middle of this conversation with different toys. Yeah. He has a jack-in-the-box one time that, that scares yeah. him. Surprises me every time, man. <laughs> and then after Jill and Carrie kind of uh, come to their um, uh, resolution, mm-hmm. Tim comes in and goes, you know what, I found the thing that uh, that put me to sleep as a kid. Baby's first ratchet. Yep. <laughs> And and it's just and that's and, the sound of a ratchet. And yeah, it sounded kind of like like you doing the sound effect of stepping in mud or something. <laughs> it's actually the ducks that came through earlier. That's the... <laughs> They're helping. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so then, but he he comes in with this, and this happens multiple times in this episode, and I don't really like it. We just get a cutaway shot of Jill and Carrie just laughing at Tim. Yeah, we all, this also happens when Tim says I have, off to work and go without my Heidi Ho, and it's a cutaway right. shot of her laughing. And I don't. Like, a thing that they do on Cheers and Frasier is they make a point of showing people laughing at, the like, other people in the bar. And it's like, that's a conscious choice, like, in mm-hmm. this world. Like, people acknowledge that this is funny and that these are funny yeah, people right. and they all enjoy each other's company. That, yeah. But I, I never like it when the show feels a need to do a separate cutaway purely to show people laughing at the main character's yeah, joke. Yeah. The show Happy-ish that was on HBO uh-huh. for one season, it, it had Steve Coogan, uh, it was... The point is, there, the, like, the first episode, there's a bit where he goes on some tirade in his office about, you know, how, how bad advertising has become now because the show is about advertising. And he's saying all these all these things and kind of making, he's saying things that are funny as he goes. And they keep doing cutaways to, like, just extras in the office of their employees <laughs> laughing at him. And I'm like, God damn it, show, don't, t- I, if I think it's funny, I'll laugh at it. You don't need to do the visual equivalent of a laugh track to make me know that your main character is funny. <laughs> So I guess that's, that's what ridiculous. I'm saying is happening yeah. here. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. Yeah. And we are in agreement. Good. Uh, we go outside um, for our stinger. Yes. And this begins a very weird and confounding semi-montage of a stinger. It's not a montage. It's, it's, it's the opening scene in Boogie Nights. The song is playing <laughs> and one unbroken take happens. Yes, we have. a bunch of stuff. Yep, we use that, that boom camera as it floats from... Yeah. Outside, Tim and Marty are carrying a ladder out there. Some and it, this is all played behind uh, music, a uh, Motown song. It's like brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers. <laughs> it might technically be Motown. It certainly doesn't carry uh, the prestige of most Motown songs, but um, it sounds like copyright-free Motown. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, so they start getting into an argument uh, over the ladder, and as it floats inside, Carrie and Jill are arguing over the TV remote, trying ca- to watch the, something. The camera floats inside. The ladder does not float inside. No, the ladder floats inside with its very Harry Potter moment. Yeah. Uh, it's carrying a message <laughs> from ladder warts. And then uh, from Carrie and Jill, the ladder flows over to Cal and Al at the counter as they are talking and get into a little bit of an argument and then uh, resolve it over a cup of tea. Yeah, they're like having a heated dispute and they stop, they both take a sip of tea, and then they just hug each other. <laughs> and then it floats back to uh, Carrie and Jill on the couch, just kind of uh, having decided on something to watch and leaning on each other's shoulders as they're, you know, um, lounging. And we go back outside where Tim has Marty in a leg lock around his waist. It's, it's We're basically in the MMA octagon at this point. Here's what I wished. 
What that do you wish? Marty had Tim in a leg lock. Yeah. That's what I wish. I, you know, didn't Marty win the first argument, though? He said, it wasn't Marty the one who put Tim in the headlock? I do not know. Yeah, well, I wish that had happened. I mean, like, I, I wish I'd seen see- it. That's all. Look, I've seen the boys beat Tim at wrestling multiple times, so <laughs> I, you know, I don't God, I'll never see- forget that uvula transition that oh, we got that Oh, God. Oh, man. That was, that's back in the day. That's a hard one. <laughs> uh and anyway from the leg lock we go to the the credits and the outtakes where tim flubs a line uh yep. during tool time yep uh it's all very funny folks um it's so funny <laughs> oh uh, it's so funny i know oh, i yeah. can tell <laughs> one thing you guys might not know about truman is that he doesn't have a laugh reflex he just goes directly into yawning i i just i i get overstimulated like a baby i have to go to sleep <laughs> oh my god and uh when you sleep that's when you dream of Tweet Time. Yes. <laughs> and Tweet Time this week is brought to us by John V. Uh, oh, and Carn Corner was brought to us uh, earlier in the episode. I forgot it was sponsored by Tara. Yeah. Because it was nested within our character actor corner, which is brought to us by Michael V.S. So you, and, and why did you forget about Michael V.S.? Like you said you forgot about Tara because it was nested. So what was your excuse for forgetting Michael? I was so wrapped up about my ingenious uh, plan. <laughs> so at least you're, okay, so you're not only explaining your plan, you're now explaining the mistakes you made along Correct, the way implementing yeah. your plan. And yet it still worked. Uh, it did, yeah, because you're up against the hardest adversary. <laughs> The sharpest mind in Landon's apartment. Uh, so Tweet Time this week is brought to us by John V, which we appreciate. Um, and I have paired this with our Gruntwork Nights episode on Patreon, which was uh, give us your, your hot takes. Mm, okay. Throw us, uh, throw us a few of your hot takes. It's, so a, it's a wonderful pairing. I, I've picked three at random to okay. go through. Uh, and here's who we have. Michael Van Sant. Uh, at MVS Union on Twitter says Major League Soccer is a fun and exciting league. Actually, this goes to your uh, My, well about the LA Galaxy. Yeah, is that Major League? Yeah, yeah, they're okay. They're I don't know yeah. anything about uh, football. Yeah. Um, he says you can imagine how many U.S. soccer fans hate the league that is in their own country, and uh, I would agree with that. I think I in my lifetime I've met a number of wildly uh, invested soccer fans. And people who hate soccer entirely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not really a soccer fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got more into the Women's World Cup this year, partially because my girlfriend was watching it and I was just around. <laughs> and partially because it's like, yeah, sisters doing it for themselves. Right. Not the title of this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I guess that's a fairly hot take. That soccer soccer's awesome and that people like it. So the, the, well, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Soccer's awesome and people in the country hate it. Yeah, I mean, in this country, yes. hate it. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how hot. I mean, I don't. I don't want to diss this guy who's like a fan of our show. I don't want to diss the hotness of his take. I mean, soccer is awesome. Well, most people on Earth would agree it's the most popular sport yeah. on the planet. But he is making the point that uh, you can't imagine how many people in the U.S. Uh, hate the league. So, do they hate the league because they hate soccer, or are they soccer fans who are just like MLS does soccer wrong? I I do not know. Uh, okay. Um, Get back at us and clarify what you meant by that. I guess because I didn't understand. I thought the the take he was saying is like, I'm one of those soccer fans who doesn't hate MLS. I think that mm. MLS does a good job, whereas most of them are like, oh, I prefer the the club teams or whatever. I don't know how it would work. Yeah, I don't. I have so little knowledge of soccer that I didn't even know that there was a major soccer league as opposed to a minor. Yeah. 
or that a that is too. different than the world soccer league? Uh, I mean, that's well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Also, there, yeah. there are multiple different ball games. We've really we've wandered into our worst subject area. <laughs> not only sports, but even a sport that's not particularly popular in this country. Uh, so I cannot uh, I cannot make a judgment on the hotness of that take. Yeah, I'm going to just uh, take his word that um, he dropped the spicy. Yeah. Uh, next up is, uh, TJ Young, uh, at TJ Young, or TJ underscore Young 11 on Twitter says, uh, oh, and this is topical, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I'm ready. He says, this new face app, uh, everyone is using to make themselves look old is made by Russia. Not sure if that's a good thing, uh, if the Russians have access to all of our photos. Is this just a clever spy ploy? Um, exclamation point question mark hot take hashtag uh i think that it is a it's i don't think it's necessarily a spy ploy i think that it is definitely a sham i yeah i got i got face apped you did someone put you through oh people put yeah i was put through i did not use it myself but yeah. it was it was multiple multiple people close to me were See, like that's the, that's the shitty thing about these things where it's like you know like facebook back in the day when they were asking for phone numbers and addresses yeah. and stuff like that where it's just like there was a very simple um uh, uh button that you could push in your settings that imported everything from your phone yeah. to your thing so it's not just you putting in your information it's whoever has your information could put your information in and yeah. then they can cross reference it and get it that way yeah so i mean yeah so like and never mind the fact that it's just sort of unpleasant to like Oh, text message. Open it up. Oh, a picture of me as an old man. Well, great. Thinking about mortality now. That was wonderful. I really wanted to be doing that. I mean, uh, I will admit to having photoshopped a mustache, a Sam Elliott's mustache on you at one point. Yeah, and it was hot. It looked really, <laughs> it really good. Honestly, I got, it did. I got kind of excited. But I did that manually. I did not put your face through some sort of unknown AI app. I, yeah. I, you didn't send my picture to Dimitri and be like, hey, Dimitri, put a mustache on me. He's like, da, pay me in vodka. Yeah, so I can't, I, I'm completely on board with this idea. I don't, I can't say for sure that it's the Russians, but it's definitely some sort of uh, AI feeding system. It, well, I mean, like, it's proven that it's a sleazy Russian company that owns oh, that it is. thing. Okay. And that when you download it, like, part of the end user license agreement that you agree to is like, we can use these photos for anything. I just think what's more likely is that, like, my photo is going to wind up on like a banner ad for a belarusian dating site or something <laughs> like that you know like like meet yeah. hot singles in minsk or whatever uh minsk but is uh, it so bad uh, i mean in the Belarus? grand in the grand scheme of your data getting captured if your photo is being being used for advertising in a state or a country that you will never be in or see yeah I mean, how does that really affect you? It doesn't bug me that much. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, because I kind of just figure that I'm totally compromised anyway. Like, look, right, I mean, exactly. My, my credit card number was recently stolen and used to purchase like $1,500 worth of Denny's <laughs> and Chinese takeout food. So I mean, who am I to complain? Right. I, I guess my point being is like, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to say we shouldn't be afraid of our data being stolen and used improperly. I just I haven't heard the case of like, what is what is that look like? What is the danger to me with other people having my data. Uh, I think now that they have the picture of you as an old man, they've captured your soul. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like the portrait of Dorian uh -huh. Gray fell into the wrong hands. <laughs> well, I mean, I think honestly, it goes to the very uh, first season of Black Mirror. Yeah, and it's like to me, the very worst thing that could happen is that they publicize, 
you know, my search history or oh, something yeah. that can be taken out of context mm-hmm. where you have, you're just, you know, thrown onto the, the barbecue without being able to, you know, uh, stand up for yourself. Yeah, you know, they can't explain why you were looking at Pornhub. You were just looking for <laughs> hubcaps. And, I was and... looking for PubHub, or uh, no, Hornpub. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> it's 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 a pub where everyone plays the trumpet all the time. That's where you drink out of uh, the horns of Vikings. Oh, that's really cool. I go to a Hornpub. <laughs> I also go to Pornhub, so they, they both work. <laughs> Either way, it's a happy accident. Uh, you would go to um, Horn Pub Pub Pub. Oh God, I can't. <laughs> I'm gonna trust you to edit that one out uh, for any number of reasons. <laughs> There's any number you don't want that yeah, to, to reach the world. That. Okay. Um, Should I go into the last hot take? Yeah, I don't think I have any more heat for that take. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do think that's. A, I don't even know that that would be a hot take though. I mean, I think that's a pretty common take at this point. Yeah. Uh, the, the hot take is that the people that are doing it to satisfy their curiosity are suckers. <laughs> We're going to get hate mail for that one. I'm sure everyone who listens to it is face after themselves. Um, uh, the last one comes from Tara Lee uh, at Pterodactyl1021 on Twitter. This is a Harry Potter one. Are you familiar with Harry Potter? I'm f- I'm familiar, yes. Are you? Okay. Yes, the boy who lived. Uh, everything I read... Um, Read about what the Harry Potter movies got wrong includes mentioning that Peeves the Poltergeist from the books uh, should uh, should have been included. Uh, I think Peeves is annoying as hell, and I'm glad he got the axe. Oh. Well, really, Nearly Headless Nick was the one who really got the <laughs> you axe. jumped on that faster uh, than sorry, I could. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just jumped on that grenade. <laughs> um... I really can't comment that much about Peeves, though. I haven't read the books in so long, I don't recall. Yeah, I... I'm on the fence about this one. Uh, I think it's a toss-up between Peeves and Moaning Myrtle. I think Moaning mm. Myrtle is incredibly obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, most of the ghosts, outside of head, Nearly Headless Nick, is like, they're they're all kind of not it, my favorite characters. Is so. it Nearly Headless Nick played by John Cleese, though? Yeah. Well, yeah. there At you go. At least in the first two movies. Yeah. And then he disappears. Well, like a ghost. <laughs> but he, pl- he comes back in the books, but he, he just doesn't play a pivotal part. Moaning Myrtle obviously plays a huge part in the narrative of the, the you know, the horcruxes and everything. So yeah. um, it's harder to cut her. Yeah. I, also, I, she's I, a ghost, so you can't yeah. really like, get any purchase with a knife. <laughs> I agree with this, though, because I couldn't take another obnoxious character uh, in the same kind of regard as Moaning Myrtle. So Yeah. Hot take. Hot take. I'm sorry. I, 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 can't, I can't get any hotter with that take, Tara. I'm sorry. Talk about Battlestar Galactica, why don't you? <laughs> uh, I'd say that take was um, hot enough to... What, what's the green flames in the fire that they transport? Uh, uh, what, wildfire? No, the, when they... Oh, that's, that's Game of Thrones. Yeah, because they have green flames. I don't I'm talking, know talking about, about in Harry Potter where they put the, the green the, the flames flu in the... The yeah. flu powder. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's... Uh, that. So hot that it had the same billowing smoke as a flu powder. Doing doing great. Doing great, man. <laughs> it's the end of the episode. We're so close. We, we just we, have to get through the we, grunt count. We always end with a whimper. Our grunt count? I got to guess. Yeah. It was zero. Yeah. And I changed it because you told me he grunted. Uh, here's, here. okay, I'm going to make this interesting. Yeah. My instinct, and I my instinct is always wrong. Yeah. Was three. Yeah. So I adapted it. I did a, a whole kind of calculation from three, and I'm like, no, it can't be three. It's too easy. That's your instinct. It's two. No, it's one. What? One. He just goes, that one time, and it's one. Interesting. Yeah, it just in the cold open, he I, runs I can't, once. like, 
quite picture what a single grunt is. He just he just goes Ruh, like that. Like it's not it's not an off. Did uh, someone uh. interrupt him? No, no one interrupts him. He's just like it's kind of just a t- like I wasn't even ready for it. I didn't really hear it coming. It's what are just, the, what would the subtitles for it be? Uh, the translation. I think it'd just be. What, what like the the well, what is he really saying when he grunts there when he when he grunts there yeah. what he actually means i think he, i think he's just saying oh i'm reveling in the power of this hot air gun that i've had made for me oh yeah oh like that i see okay let's not grunt at each other like that anymore <laughs> but yeah no it's it's not it's not him punctuating it it's just, it's almost like he improvised that one it wasn't a full three three right, or it was right. just him just going ah Okay. Just, out, just like him, he had like some leftover testosterone after saying his sentence. He had to just <laughs> belch it out that way. Um, well, I just want to prepare you. I think in season five, I am going to start asking you to translate these grunts for me. So, oh, oh really? Uh, okay. So be prepared. I will. I will get ready. I will. Uh, I will have my my notepad out. One grunt. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I'll take it uh, to the bank. It's good. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else you'd do with it otherwise. Yeah, I don't know how much I would get for it at the bank, but yeah. um, I'll try to deposit it and yeah, hope it, that it, it turns it's, into... It's like a peso. It's not going to get you very far. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have anything else we didn't cover in this episode? No, I think I, I covered everything, man. Let's uh, get out of here then Let's. by saying, if you enjoyed today's show, did you enjoy today's show? I, I feel like we did okay. Yeah. But I'm saying, did you have a good time? Did I, have, I had a good time. I mean, as usual, I got a little warmer than I wanted to. But other than that, <laughs> I, I, I had a good time. Good. I did what, should, what should I do if I if I like today's show? <laughs> uh, well, if you want to help others, uh, no, not others. If you want to help us, if you yeah. want to help yourself no. and me create better content, yeah. uh, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor on our Patreon. That sounds like a lot of work. What would I have to... It would also be counterintuitive to be giving ourselves money that yeah, then I... gets fined by or feed by Patreon. Yeah, we're robbing Peter to pay <laughs> Paul at that point. Um, <laughs> well, and the great thing, Landon, yeah. if I were to do that, the great thing about becoming an official Grunthead is you get access to all kinds of great bonus supplemental material, most like what? notably... Tell me. Well, I'll tell you if you'd shut the fuck up and let me... <laughs> Uh, the, the number one thing you get access to is our supplemental podcast, Gruntwork Nights. Ooh. Your, your whisper has turned into a very aggressive <laughs> my, snarl. My ASMR is getting is getting headier and headier. Uh, this weekend, Gruntwork Nights. <laughs> We're talking about death metal. Um, but yeah, we talk about, you know, just basically anything, just any old bullshit except for the TV series Home Improvement. It's just like yeah. one, one big old tangent. Yes. Uh, we do that. If you're an official grunthead, there is art that you can get. That's the Alpal level. That's at Al- the Alpal level. Why would I know this stuff? I mean, I don't, I don't remember any of these things. Uh, you know, you get uh, and you get uh, yeah. Those are the only two things you get. Al- you get art at the Alpal level, and you get our, our supplemental podcast. But you you help us support this show, which That's helps also us keep big. the mics plugged in. Yes, uh, cover hosting costs, which and, are getting higher, as well as uh, you know giving us uh, the funds to do special episodes like our upcoming Super Nintendo episode. Can't where we're wait. Power Tool Pursuit. So excited. Oh my god, that's going to be painful, uh, at the least. And yeah. I think uh, we still got to discuss it. We still got to finalize a few things, but we might do Man of the House. I'm all about that. Yeah. I, I would I would be enjoying... You know, we had a good time doing uh, doing the uh, Santa Claus. I could, yeah. do, I could do another I could do another movie. I think so, too. Uh, and this would be Chevy Chase, so uh, we get to explore those uh, parallels. Oh, man. That's that's going to... We're going through all of the dark, uh, the dark happy dads. So if you want to help us uh, support those special shows, uh, support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Um, but if you want to take the free route and help people find the show, uh, 
Oh, natural. Yeah. <laughs> naked, by the <laughs> way. Yes, exactly. If you you could do this naked, too. Uh, that's how little effort it takes yeah. to rate and review us on iTunes. At, well, it's no longer iTunes. iTunes is RIP. Uh-oh. We are now Apple Podcasts or yeah. wherever you get your, uh, your, your special listening episodes. You can be naked whenever you do this, though. <laughs> Whatever uh, you say. Leave us a rating and review. And, and when they do that, tell them what they get. Uh, you get us to come to your house, and we will make sure that Farmer Fred is packed at the very top of a clearly marked box, and it's always the one that uh, goes first with you to the house in the car, <laughs> so you never have to be without Farmer Fred. Here's a follow-up question to this. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing, um, you know, tell them what they get items for many, 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 many episodes now. If someone rates and reviews us, do we owe them everything that we've mentioned, or is it only on the episode that they've rated and reviewed us? Oh, man. Uh, I hope we don't owe them everything because I think I've promised some things that I can't deliver. Like, I <laughs> there's think also a lot some... of going to your house, so we're going to be yeah, traveling a lot. I, I know. I mean, like you really, we need, we really need to kick up the the uh, the Patreon at that point. <laughs> People need to be paying for a lot of airfare. Yeah, right. Um, also, uh, come say hi to us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, on yeah, our social it. media places. Uh, where you yeah. can find us at Gruntwork Pod. Yeah, and uh, you can find information about today's show on our website which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. You can get the Grunt Count hint, as well as exclusive trivia. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Have you got got a hint figured out for this this week? It's one. Um, Yes, I will do... uh, 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 What is the Harry Nilsson cover that appears in the movie Magnolia? Perfect. There you go. Um, Until next week, when we cover another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Linus Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, employees must wash hands after talking to Wilson. (laughs) 